Hey, Camp Kids. Welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp experience or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. In this week's episode, we meet Sean, who has a plethora of camp experience with the YMCA. Sean has worked in many different roles at a variety of different camps from coast to coast, and he had thought that he had hung up his camp hat for good. Until this last summer, he attended a sessional at a YMCA camp in Washington and rekindled his love for camp. Now he's welcoming the idea of coming back into the camping world, maybe even as a year-round camp professional. Sean tells us that we may give up on our dreams, but our dreams won't give up on us. Camp has always been his dream, and he is proof that the camp dream can still live on. So without further ado, let's meet Sean. Sean, welcome to the Camp Kids Podcast. We're so glad that you're here to tell us about your camp story and your camp experience. Tell us about who you are and where you're speaking to us from today. Yeah, hi. So Sean Leonardo, I use he, him pronouns. I am anywhere from 35 minutes to an hour north of Seattle. I'm a weird situation. I, I never went to camp as a kid. So I, I only encountered uh, summer camp and camp as an adult. I, I vividly remember I was like 18 years old and I just, I needed a summer job that also provided housing. And I had a friend that's like, oh, okay, I know the perfect spot. So they ended up sending me to a camp up in New York called Frost Valley YMCA. And oh boy, I, I did not know what I was getting into when I, <laughs> when I got pretty much sent up there. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely get more into that as time goes on. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience working for the YMCA in the camp setting? So just going over, glossing over it quickly, I did... Um, my first summer camp experience at Frost Valley YMCA. The next summer I had wanted to return, but I was kind of getting nervous because I hadn't heard back um, in the time frame I was really looking for. And through a, a series of events and speaking Klingon on Facebook with somebody I'd randomly friended as a mutual, I ended up working at uh, Camp Mason, which is in New Jersey, and also happened to be about 15 minutes from where I was living at the time. So that was a, a nice surprise. Um, I spent ballpark five seasonal years there. So, you know, doing the summer season and then the fall outdoor education retreats, uh, as well as the spring, I ventured out a little bit into, uh, Michigan and Pennsylvania to check out some other camps there. Then just at that point around the four or five year mark, uh, I had a friend of mine who I had met at Frost Valley and she was like, you know, it's it'd be really good of you to, to come out to where I'm working at. Like, I think you'd be really good here. And I was like, well, where's that at? And she's like, well, it's in Idaho. And I was like, well, what's in Idaho? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hopped on out to Idaho and I did two seasonal years there. And that's kind of where my camp experience almost abruptly ended. I ended up having like a really bad experience with a supervisor that kind of careened me away from, you know, the why and camp and everything. And, you know, I spent the next six years kind of slowly but surely getting away from camp. You know, I worked in uh, the school system for a little bit. I worked in the Boys and Girls Club. And then just about around the time the pandemic hit, which is when we moved out to Washington, I started working in security, which is almost the complete polar opposite of the environment that, you know, camp is structured and designed to be um, until about two years ago. So then I started working an office job in a, a leasing office. And at that point, I guess, p 
put it, putting it nicely, I'd almost given up on, you know, the idea of going back to camp because when I was really into it, you know, I'd been like in it like six, seven years or so. I was really aiming and moving forward to the next step, which was trying to get a full-time or a year-round position in camp. And that, that dream had kind of gone the wayside as, you know, you get older and all of a sudden more um, bigger expectations come up like paying bills and, you know, it's out of so forth. But this past April, my wife and I were sitting down in a diner, just eating breakfast. And she just oh so casually brings up like, oh, hey, you know, there's there's this opportunity. I'm just like, okay, tell me, tell me more. She's like, you know, my organization, they have this camp that's starting. They're looking for male staff. I'm like, that's no surprise. Everyone's always looking for male staff. It's a, a one-week camp, and, you know, I, I think it would be good for you. And at that point, like I mentioned before, I thought I'd be given up on camp. Like, it, it was just a, a phase of my life. It was great, but it was in my youth, in my past, and it was no longer going to be, you know, something moving forward. And And at that moment, and I... I'm 100% sure my wife very well knew that this moment would happen in my brain. There, there were two parts of me, the, the part of me that was like, Oh, well, this is not going to be something I could do. And then there was that little voice in me that that person who had spent all those years at camp and had so many magical, beautiful moments that was like, but what if it wasn't, what if you did go back to the, for this one week? And so just kind of on a whim, I just kind of sat with it. And then, you know, I asked my wife to reach out, see if it was a possibility. And that was in April. And I did that one week of summer a little over a month ago. Oh, my goodness. So you just went out for a week then? <laughs> yes. Just What was just... it like getting back into it? I mean, there, there are so many words that couldn't accurately describe it. It's like meeting up with your best friend that you haven't seen in years. And, you know, you just pick right up exactly where you left off. And there was, you know, a lot of anxiety and nervousness on my end. Like, you know, have I gotten too old for this? Like I've, you know, definitely changed. I'm a different person. Am I, am I still this person? Would this be, you know, my last hurrah? But there was also that, once again, that little voice that's just like, well, what if it sparks that fire again? And you just want to see if this can become a reality. And even up to the moment where, you know, they announced over the radios at 10 in the morning, like the first campers have arrived. I'm just like, I don't know if I can do this. And then, you know, my, my first camper started coming in cabin and fast forwarding through it. Cause there's just, there's just so many positive emotions that I'll, I'll just start bawling on, on this podcast that, you know, as, as the days went on, it wasn't a question of like, can I do this? It's more of a question of like, why did I ever leave this in the first place? I totally resonate with what you're saying. I myself took a bit of a break in my camp career, camp experience as well. And sometimes the break is absolutely needed just to know, to have that space. I understand exactly where you're coming from. And you said like you, you felt like you could do it or like, I know for me, I held a lot of guilt getting mm. back into it. I don't know if you experienced the same thing as well, but yeah, it's, it's different coming at it when you're, when you're more of an adult, especially when you have a partner or a spouse and to play into that consideration. So I applaud you for 
being vulnerable and sharing that with us and getting out of your comfort zone and getting back into the camp experience. I wish a lot more people who were in our situations would do that. I think the camp industry would definitely benefit from that as well. So I have to ask too, are you planning on trying to go back again? Or are you, you looking at some other opportunities as well? That's a great question. My knee jerk reaction answer is yes, but it's, it's, it's fascinating because that, that one week, it was just like such a wild transformation and journey of just like understanding and realizing and accepting. Cause like you said, there, there was a lot of guilt. I had uh, an immense amount of regret of like, you know, did I, did I just waste like the last six years of my life? Like why, why did I leave this? And you know, that, that guilt and that regret probably lasted two, three hours into that first day watching kids, dance in the dining hall at a surprise dance party for them and just listening to the songs like Katy Perry's Roar or Don't Stop Believing. You know, it's so much emotion, just like not not so much the regret, but just like there's a definite yes to it. But with the wisdom that I've gained over the years of being away from this, I also realize that it has to be the right seat on the bus. So I, I won't just jump back into it just because it's camp. It does have to be like a mutually good fit. Absolutely. And I'm assuming that your break also occurred during the COVID lockdown and everything. Is that correct? It actually, it happened about three years before. Okay. And And then you came back after the pandemic lockdown Mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. And I I came into it with a very open mind because I realized, you know, it's like every three years or so is like a generation of camp counselors and camp culture and all that. So Mm -hmm. I I realized like there's been a whole lot of changes since I've been in here. So I'm just, I'm kind of along for the ride. Yeah. And and that's what I was going to bring up is my break also occurred before the pandemic. Mine started in 2018 and then I went back in 2021 Mm -hmm. again. And I noticed there were already significant well-needed changes, at least in the organizations that I served at the time. I can't attest to YMCA as I haven't worked for the YMCA, Mm -hmm. but I can imagine that it's, I mean, it's still part of the camp community. And I I just remember when I was younger and it could have just been stuff that I self-imposed on myself that I expected a lot more of myself. There was not any work-life balance when it was summer, it was on. And then when it was summer, it was off and it was spent missing or, you know, I don't know. There was just, it, it was an unhealthy relationship that I had with camp at the time. And now I see a lot more young people having a lot more of a healthier relationship with that. I don't know if your experience is the same or if you experience anything similar to that. No, that, that, that sounds very, very familiar. One of, one of my supervisors uh, for that week, um, just as a great example, we, we had a two hour break throughout the day, which I was like, Oh, cool. This is, this is neat. This is kind of new and different. Um, And I wanted to do like, it was like, signing birthday cards or something like that and I just casually mentioned it and she was like no you're gonna go take your break and you're not gonna do work and I was just like okay <laughs> so it's just it's, it, it definitely is a culture change towards um, focusing more on balance and making sure that you're taking care of yourself from the professional and from the the full-time staff and you know from learning and wisdom of stepping away from camp coming in with that expectation as well. I see a lot more of a work-life balance on 
even the camp professional side and just the regular summer staff side. So yeah, I'm glad that you've seen that too. So I'm also curious to know, is your wife also a camp person? Kind of. So she, she grew up at camp. She, she went to a lot of church camps when she was younger. Um, and her, her big thing was like, she was a lifeguard because her, her mom was a lifeguard and she's currently a senior aquatics director and a couple other roles and titles and responsibilities. The, you know, the Y has many hats. She's actively and currently in the Y as a, a year round professional at a facility. But in terms of like, if you stood us together and was like, who's more of a camp person, it, it'd probably end up being me as strange as that sounds from somebody who never grew up at camp but, you know, spent a significant chunk of their adult life wanting and needing to be in that kind of environment. Wow, that is really interesting because the camper perspective is always very different than the staff member perspective. Mm -hmm. So if I understood it correctly, your wife attended camp as a camper, but never as a staff member. She she did as a staff member. We actually met at camp, uh, at Camp Mason in New Jersey. She was the aquatics director, so she was part of program staff. Oh, okay. And I was the, that year I was, that was 2014, so I was the CIT coordinator there. But you're the one that really, like, took off with it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I see. I'm go- okay, bye. <laughs> very cool. That's That's very interesting. But that's also nice to know, too, that your spouse, like, kind of understands where you're coming from and the longing and the needing to have this sort of thing in your life. So that's, that's very interesting. I love that for you guys. Now you had mentioned at the beginning of our interview, you didn't quite know what you were getting yourself into at Frost Valley. Uh, I would be curious to know if you wanted to dive into that a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like I mentioned before, I'd, I'd never been to camp. I also had a very, very different life perspective. One of, one of those perspectives is that I didn't like kids. I thought they were smelly and dirty and gross and obnoxious, and I just didn't want to be around them. And I don't know how somebody managed to hoodwink me into, well, yeah, you're going to do this for an entire summer. You're going to be surrounded by hundreds of children, and you're going to be expected to be responsible for them. That, that was not something that I think me at that point in my life would have signed up for readily had I not needed all the other things. And I think my my friends who who guided me towards that, they they probably had a really good inkling of how it would affect and how it would change me. That that was a, a pivotal moment in my life because had I not gone to camp, it would have completely changed who I am today and like the the path I would have taken. Like would have never met my wife. I probably wouldn't be out here today. It just complete it's uh what do they call it? A a canon event? That's what I'll call it. <laughs> Well, thank you for going into that for us. I appreciate it. I see in the information that you sent me that you have a camp name. And through my experience in interviewing people from the YMCA, not a lot of people who have worked at Y camps have camp names. So I would love to hear the story behind how you got your camp name. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm fairly certain I got the camp name while I was at Frost Valley and it just kind of carried over into Mason. Um, So my camp nickname is Viking and I think the the two big attributing factors to that was that I had hair past my shoulders and that I was extremely excruciatingly loud. Like I, I could be louder than most people, which was surprising because once again, mentioning the difference between pre-camp me and camp me, I, I was very, very quiet, very reserved. Like I tried to make as little noise as possible. I, I did not want to be in the front. 
And there was, there was definitely some intention to, to draw out my voice at Frost Valley that just carried on through the career. Nice. And I love that camp name. That's so wonderful. You said it carried on to Mason. Did it carry on to any other camps as well? Um, I don't think so. The, the main, the main reason, because I mean, I, I spent about five years at camp and Camp Mason, and it was mostly attributed to, there was a, a campfire song, uh, if I wasn't a counselor. And of course I chose a Viking, but I, <laughs> Gosh, I still remember the the lyrics now. I can no longer repeat them. It's one of those things that have gone the way of the dodo is no longer appropriate. It's funny to look at in in a, a past perspective and you know in present because I had somebody recently in the last couple months reach out to me and it was just like I still remember that song and I'm just like you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to know what kept you coming back to camp summer after summer just thinking back into it. So my first summer at Frost Valley and then transitioning to Mason was just, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a college kid. I need a job. Um, this is really close. This is something that I know. And for my first two summers, I had the opportunity to be an in-cabin counselor. Two, three summers, three summers. And then my fourth summer, I had the opportunity to be a village lead. It was, it was really a touching moment. We got to the end of my third summer and I had gotten to know my unit lead really well. His name was Nick. He was also known as Hovito because his last name was Hover. He's just absolute legend and wild character. And, you know, we were sitting or standing on the balcony and we were, you know, just enjoying the moment. And he's like, I think next year it's it's going to be you. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't think I was ready for that. And he's just like, I have, I have just one piece of advice for you. Make it right. And I was just like, well, I'm going to remember those three words for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> and it was never truly something that I had invested interest in pursuing until probably after that summer where I was a unit lead, where I'm just like, maybe, you know, maybe I don't want to just do this seasonally or just like casually in my available free time. Maybe this is something I, I want to pursue and do and be a part of. There's always one or two people in your camp experience that like give you that permission to step up and lead. And I always love hearing about those stories. And it sounds like that that person was that for you. Was there anybody else from your camp experience that inspired you? Oh my goodness. So many. (laughs) Um, I know you've spoken to one. Uh, That would be Kelly. Kelly is my, one of my greatest friends um, who I met my first summer at Frost Valley, which was not very long ago. <laughs> um, but, you know, she was coming from her perspective of having been a camper, having been a counselor, kind of knowing the thing, and then just seeing this random nobody who had no business being in the middle of the woods with kids. And I don't think she realized or realizes how much of a, a mentor she was just by, you know, being confident, being calm uh, that first summer. And then moving on in her career as she becomes, you know, this phenomenal professional, just like absorbing all this information and, you know, being active and engaged in the community. She's, she's definitely, you know, one of my bigger role models that I've thoroughly enjoyed watching her grow and succeed in the industry. And then if I 
I had to only pick one other person, it'd probably be my unit lead for my first summer, Jackson, because he was one of the, the, the first people I truly met at Frost Valley and was the first impression of camp. And if I remember correctly, he had his shirt tucked inside out and he was drinking a Dr. Thunder and he's got this flame red ginger hair and just just an absolute weirdo that I would have never associated with outside of camp. And he was just absolutely phenomenal as like a role model, as a unit lead. I got to be uh, co-counselors with him for one session that summer. And then years later, he, he actually applied for and became the camp director at Camp Mason while I was there. Wow. It was just phenomenal to see him carry on through that aspect. So, yeah, but it's it's by no means limited to those three people and by no means limited to to staff because, you know, some of the biggest role models you can really get at camp are your campers and the campers that you get to interact with because that's that's probably why a lot of people inadvertently keep coming back because they, they have an opportunity to connect and make a difference with a camper, even if it's in the smallest ways. Yes, and usually the smallest ways are the most impactful, mm-hmm. I would have to say. It's, it seems to me that the YMCA camp community is completely interconnected. Like there's, I mean, people are connected from all over the United States. Would you say that that's the case? I would say it's it's very much the case. I mean, when it's it's very easy to get in a conversation with somebody like the job I currently have, I had a coworker by the name of Matt and you know, something something felt not off but like familiar with him when we first started meeting and talking and we ended up finding out that we had a lot of like passions like we we both play Magic the Gathering in our free time, which is a collectible card game. But there was there was something more, and you know, I, I soon found out. Oh, he, you know, he he was a, a summer camp counselor. He went to, to camp as an adult, as a staff member, and it just kind of clicks. And I was like, oh, okay, so we have you know six levels of connection already in some capacity. But in terms of the YMCA, I mean, I think it might be a little like you know different organizations like Campfire, YMCA, etc. They. They, they share values, they share goals and ideas. You know, most YMCA's go off the four core values and then sometimes they'll, they'll add a couple more on depending on their, their culture and their history. But it's those, those same four core values, the four pillars, the caring, respect, honesty, and responsibility. And I know I mix those up in alphabetical order, but whatever. But it's those four core values that kind of are at the, the pillar and holding up that name and that organization and then things branch off for so when you meet somebody and you you know you find out that they went to a YMCA as a, a camper or you know they were able to be a CIT JC counselor whatever role that they ended up being and you know that those those core values those pillars are incremental and important in their life. Where did you say that you met Matt from? Uh, Matt was a coworker at the current job that I have, which is a okay. leasing office in Seattle. Okay, yeah, I love those moments. And frankly, the reason why I started the Camp Kids podcast was for those moments like that, when you're out and about in the real world, as I put it, and mm-hmm. you meet another camp kid, and you're like, Oh, my gosh, you understand me on a level that nobody <laughs> does, <laughs> especially through the same organization. I mean, that's, as you mentioned, that's a whole other level because of those pillars of those values and everything. Mm-hmm. So I just I love it when that happens. 
My next question for you is kind of a heavy one. Mm-hmm. What is the most important lesson that you've learned from camp? I've been stewing on this one a while, actually, because lessons and what I've learned and how I've grown and experienced things is, is really important to me and just like mm-hmm. communicating that. And um, I don't think it's so much a lesson I learned mm-hmm. at camp as much as a lesson I learned away from camp. And that was that, you know, to to put it bluntly, you, you might give up on your dreams, but your dreams will never give up on you. Oh, I'm just, I'm resonating in that for a moment. <laughs> I just feel that. Yes, absolutely. And your dreams will always come back to get oh, yes. you. Whether but... you, no, I shouldn't say get you. That sounds like it's like a boogeyman complex, but it's not. Like it, your <laughs> dreams come back to you. Absolutely. Um, I don't know about you during your your time away from your camp experience. But I remember like even having like physical dreams of like still being in the same area or even like daydreams or even like my mind would just always constantly go back to that. And so from April all the way until August when that that one week of camp, every single quiet waking moment was just filled with thoughts of camp like you know, the, the nervousness, the anxiety, the, the glimmer and the moments, the memories, um, all, all the positive impact that, you know, I know when I saw and I was affirmed that I had just like it's it's just, you know, wearing a hole six miles deep in the ground. And yeah, like, you know, having dreams and daydreams and little little things like, you know, if you smell a campfire, it just, it, you know, it brings you back and it brings you forward. Yeah. And I know for me, too, it was pretty emotional experience, too. I remember the first summer that I didn't go back to camp. It was it was like almost like a withdrawal. Like, (laughs) yeah, my my um, he wasn't my husband at the time. But my Mm -hmm. um, my husband, who was my boyfriend, was like and he's not a camp person at all, was like, oh, my gosh, like, (laughs) like, what is happening to understand that break? It's. Yeah, it was it was my dreams trying not to give up on me. And mm-hmm. now that what you've said uh, is very self-realizing for me. Yeah. So well, the the important thing too, it's with that idea that you know you may give up on your dreams, but your dreams will not give up on you. That's not focused on you know you as your own entity, your own being. I I I truly have to attribute, you know getting back into the swing of things and and this opportunity to, you know, my wife and the staff that I worked with, because, you know, my, my wife kept that, that dream alive, that, that little, little bit of tinder, that little bit of kindling and fire alive, despite me inadvertently trying to stamp it out because of one negative experience, because, you know, with a, with a partner, they, they typically tend to be your better half and know what's best for you sometimes, even though you don't. And, Mm -hmm. You know, there there was a lot of intention from her and from the other folks that I got to to work with that opportunity to spend that week with who who realized just how special and critical and important this this week was to me. So, yeah, it's not just isolated to you. It's to the people around you and involved in your life. My next question for you is a bit more on the lighter side, since that was a bit more of a heavy question. (laughs) But I would love to hear, what is your funniest camp story? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So 
I, I have told this story many times to people who both have worked at camp and not worked at camp because I, I think they need to to fully embrace the shenanigans that can ensue when you get a whole bunch of kids together in the woods. I'm going to change the kid's name. The, the kid's name is going to be Billy. Um, Billy was a camper in my cabin during my years at Camp Mason. And while he was really passionate, he had a really big heart. He he wasn't the fastest at picking up on things. Like he would say or do things that he didn't realize other kids would laugh at and possibly make fun of him. But he was a great kid. Like I loved having him in my cabin. Um, so during during sessions at Camp Mason, they do an actual overnight where you know you pack up your sleeping bag, you get a couple tents, you get food, and you go out to a, a campsite on the property. You you cook your meal, you do an evening activity out there, and then you get to sleep in the tent and or under the stars. You know it's kind of up to you. In that session, we it was really weird because they they messed up how to give people time off, and half of our village staff ended up taking that night off for some awful reason. So we we essentially paired up with another cabin in order to survive. <laughs> yeah, and, you have to. <laughs> yeah. And so we 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 got our, our gear, we hiked up to the spot, we we cooked the meal, everyone was fed, and then we got to the point where we were trying to plan the evening activity, uh, all the counseling staff. And so Billy, I'm gonna have to keep it slow because I you know, I've always said the kid's actual name as I've traveled. So Billy, he comes up to me, he's like, Sean, I, I, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like okay, Billy, well, you know, we, we went over this uh, before we got up here. This is what you do. This is where you go. And he's like, okay. And he just, you know, hopped off like a really happy puppy, just ready to go do his thing. A couple minutes later, you know, we're, we're doing a bad and we're, we're in a counselor cluster. We're still trying to figure out what to do is our, our boys go wild in the woods. And Billy comes back to me and he's just like, Sean. And <laughs> I give him the counselor one over just to make sure he's got everything still attached. And I got to look at him, like, head tilted, and I was like, Billy, where are your shoes? <laughs> and, oh, it gets better. It gets so much better, but so much worse. So Billy starts describing exactly what he was doing over in his neck of the woods. And I have to stop him, just like, I, I don't need that. I... <laughs> I just need to know where and Billy's like, well, I was, I was doing my business and, and I missed. And I'm like, Billy, what do you mean? He goes, Sean, I pooed in my shoe. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, we, we had to send him away. It was so bad. Like we should not have laughed, but oh my gosh, we were laughing so hard because we couldn't believe the ridiculousness of it. And after we had finished laughing, you know, it, it took us a couple minutes. And then we were just like, oh, no, we're in the middle of the woods with a kid who, who doesn't have a pair of shoes. What do we do? So we do the only logical thing. We, we pull out one of our radios and we, we contact our unit lead. And he's like, hey, this happened to be Nick. And Nick's like, hey, what's up? And we're just like, we need you to go to this cabin. We need you to grab this pair of shoes. And we need you to, bag to bring a trash bag. And he's like okay so 10 15 minutes later he comes rumbling up in the camp gator and he's like okay now why did i do this and so we pulled him aside and we told him and he starts laughing too because he can't i mean he can't believe it because he knows billy well enough but <laughs> he's just like this is a new level even for him and then then we sent him to go get the shoes and he didn't come back laughing 
<laughs> well, no, not at that point. You got to oh. deal with it. <laughs> so, as as I'm sure you're aware, if if one person tells another person something at breakfast at camp, by lunch the entire camp knows. Yeah. So by of the next day, everyone knows the story of how Billy pooed in his shoe, <laughs> but nobody believed it until a couple days later when we're at morning announcements and Nick is going, you know, he's going through this announcement, that announcement. Oh, and Billy, we have your shoes ready for you now. And he just was baffled as the entire older boys village just falls down dying of laughter. (laughs) But that is the story of how one of my kids pooed an issue at an overnight. I think the best camp stories are poop stories, but that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So was this kid's logic, he had to take off his shoes to be able to do his business or something? No. Apparently, if you've ever done the lays where you don't actually put your shoe on, you just like cram your foot into it. Ah, yes. Or moccasin it. That's what he was doing. I have him on social media and he's he's married and he has a couple kids now. And every time I look at it, I'm just I, I think back to that story and I'm just like, how did you make it to this point? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also thinking too, maybe his kids, I'm like, oh, you've got some co- funny things in store. Buddy. <laughs> oh, Sitting here now, I think I would fill in that blank as never would I think that I would want to uh, go back after leaving. I'm very much a, a person who you know, can can drop something and just bounce in the other direction with little regard and just kind of live life as is. But when it comes to camp, I mean, the best way to describe it is my first true deep love, like something that I found that, you know, filled my bucket that I was passionate about that I was trying to be humble as I can, but not really like I was I was kind of good at it in, yeah. in aspects. And walking away from that point in my life and sitting here now like knowing that it may have been a phase but it doesn't have to be and I can I can pick up that dream again and I can pursue that dream relentlessly is really important thank you for sharing that I know that some of our listeners will need to hear that well if you could bring anything from camp into your everyday life right now what would it be Ooh. Campfires, absolutely. Yes. I heard a lot of people call it the the original social media, but really there's just something phenomenal, especially like as we're starting to get into the fall season where it's like it's a little chilly. So as opposed to it just being for, for gathering purposes, it can also be for warmth. So people really, you know, they get close and it, it gives you that opportunity, especially at night to just, you know, have conversations by the wayside you can't really have in the light of day, just like more deep and more personal and more profound. Yeah. I, I haven't heard of that. Campfires being the original social media. So I'm glad that you shared that with us. Hood Canal area of Washington. They were on a burn ban the entire summer. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't have an actual campfire. Were you able to have campfires at your location? We were, yes. We only had, let's see, I think three in total. So we had uh, a campfire the night before kids arrived because our, our training. Was your camp only one session long? Or did they did they have other sessions that were there before or after you? So they had three sessions in total. This is the, the one and only regret that I have from the summer. 
Well, the only regret that I have is that I could only be there for one week. I would have immediately signed up for, for two and or three weeks if I could. It's just commitments with the real world, unfortunately. Oh, you know, that was one thing I definitely missed from my camp experience this last summer was, mm-hmm. was campfires. So I get that. Well, I'm going to kind of move into my final fun campy questions here. My first one being, what is your favorite camp song? Ooh. So I I can't pick between just one and I can't pick between just a camp and a regular. So at Camp Mason, you know, as, as many camps do, they have traditions and songs. At opening and closing campfire, as an entire camp, we'll sing Lean On Me by Bill Withers. Mm. So those, those beautiful songs that, you know, I was introduced to and really got to know at camp. And every time I, I hear it, you know, on the radio or, you know, it pops up on Spotify or on a playlist, I just have to like sit there and just like, bathe and you know all the the glory and joy like you know just sitting and watching an entire camp singing one song together in one voice but if i had to just you know pick a a camp song a true camp song um i can't sing it i can never do it justice but it's a song called purple stew and was wonderful because it was a new staff member i had never met and the next time i heard it was this summer where somebody it was just like, okay, well, what song are you going to sing at opening campfire? What song are you going to sing? And one of the staff was like, I'm going to sing Purple Stew. And my heart just like, it's like, oh, you know that song. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it touched me in, in such a, a loving way that I was just like, okay, this, this is a song that comes to mind when I think of camp. Oh, I'll have to look that one up. I haven't heard of Purple Stew before. But Lean On Me was a staple at my home camp. So Mm -hmm. we typically performed a song for our parents when they came to pick us up. And we would sing the songs that we would perform for them after every single meal so that we would know them really well. And the first one was a mix between Put A Little Love In Your Heart and Lean On Me. So that was that was ingrained in me from my first ever camp experience. And I'm actually going to do that arrangement. So I teach music. I'm going to do that arrangement for my second grade concert that's coming up. So I'm really that's excited. Wonderful. Back. <laughs> so yes, that that's a, that's a really big one. Both of those two, they're technically pop or whatever songs they're, they're camp songs in my book. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, my next question for you is what is your favorite camp meal? Um, so it has to be a meal cooked over a fire. I don't I don't have a good name for it. It's another one of those things that have, has gone the way of the dodo. But, you, you know, you get your tin foil, You get as much butter as you can get your hands on. You get some, some ground beef, some potatoes, some carrots. And then my secret ingredient that I would bring from, from the real world was uh, duck sauce from the Chinese uh, restaurant in the store or in town. And you just mix it all up. You chop it all up together throw it in the fire, let it cook and or burn. It tastes just as good semi-cooked as it does charred because we're not cooking professionals at an overnight. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> but that, that's like a good reminiscent of, you know, what a camp meal truly is. Cause that's, that's when you're really going into it and, you know, just getting the, the camp experience from top to bottom. Yeah, absolutely. Are you talking about foil packs? Sure, we'll call it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we would call them. And then we would 
like put them in different like shapes so we would remember what they were so like some were like swans and like others were you know I don't know Hershey's Kisses and stuff like that so we can remember who has what and you always that one kid that would wrap it up and then not be able to undo it without scattering half of his food (laughs) live and learn sounds about right my next fun campy question for you is what is your favorite camp tradition Oh, I can't pick between two, so I'll go through two really quick. The The first yeah. one is at the end of each session at Camp Mason, what they do for every person in, in the closing campfires, they pass out a candle, and then they have um, what, they're, what are called honor campers, campers from each village that you know embody the core values the most. And they bring them up and they hand them, I think it's a medallion or some kind of token to utilize and show that they were this this high achievement. And what they would do is they would take their candle, put it in the fire, and then they would start it on the lines and it would slowly, everyone would light somebody else's candle until the entire audience had a lit candle. And then they would dismiss by cabins to go do a final ceremony at the flag, which was across from the lake. So you would slowly watch as this line of lit candles would walk from the closing campfire all the way through the woods, across the dam, and then circle back up in the at the flagpole. And no matter what perspective you got, whether you were the first person in the middle, at the very last, you got to see the beauty of just all these little flames walking together. Yeah. So that's one tradition that I really love. The other tradition I started at uh, the camp in Idaho, Horse Thief Reservoir, was CIT graduation because prior to me being there you know they they had a cit program but it was it was missing that core element and i realized that in my second year i was like oh my goodness like they they need this so i i developed that and for the cit or part of staff i gave them as much ownership as i possibly could of that like i let them pick the location i let them do as much as possible and they loved that so at the end of each session um after we did closing campfire when we went to dismiss you know, to villages and get everyone in bed for final night prep, we would have as many CIT staff as possible that we could pull, take the CITs, we'd, I think we'd blindfold them and guide them up the mountain to a specific spot. And we would have a graduation ceremony where they would pass on pieces of wisdom. And then, I, w- I won't spoil all of it because it might have been changed, but it, it's also, you know, a unique moment that as a CIT, they should have that particular moment in, in person rather than hear it. But that that's another tradition that I'm I'm very very proud of just having a CIT graduation because as we know CITs are essential lifeblood to many many camps in that wonderful pipeline of camper to counselor. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful! You were able to bring that and then also make it camper led, mm-hmm. and they could decide how they wanted to go about it. That's just brilliant. I love that mm-hmm. for you and for them. So good. Well, I ask all of my guests on the show, who should I interview next? There were many times where, as an example, we we took a hike with a, a friend who this was his first summer as a counselor. And there was one point while we were driving, it's like a two hour drive to Mount Rainier. And he, he asked the question, this is like, is it really worth it? And Sam and I looked at each other and it's just that like connection of like, got him. <laughs> I was like, 30 minutes into the car ride and we just, I, I, I went off on a, a tirade and all that. And it was, it was a great, great moment where it's just like, we, we clicked, 
But there's even moments where, you know, when we were working, you know, he was my supervisor for the summer and, you know, we'd be listening or we'd be talking and like it, there, no words had to be shared at points. We just look at each other and just, okay, we'll go. <laughs> like we know exactly what the other person is thinking and we'll just take it from there. That's and good. that's the, the first way I'd describe him. The, the second way I'd describe him would be he, if I'm being polite, he's, he's younger than I am, but he is the best version of me that I could see at his age. And wow. I, I'm so excited to, to be friends with him, to know him, to have worked with him and just kind of see where he's going to go and like how far he's going to go because he's just got, you know, he's, he's got the right mindset. He's got the right values. He's, he's the best version of me that I would see. And not only do I wish him the best, I will support him in any way I can to make sure that he can realize those dreams and, and make that positive impact. So please, if you have an opportunity, sit down and talk with Sam because he's, he's phenomenal. I'll definitely be reaching out to Sam. Sounds like a wonderful person. Well, is there anything exciting that's happening in your life that you'd like to promote or share with our listeners? Not so much promote, so so more share, I guess. Continuing, I guess the best way to, to say is microdosing camp. I'll be doing a family camp for the for the same organization that I work for this summer next weekend. So I'm really looking forward to that. That was kind of if you if you imagine the, the week of summer was really important. But before that, there was a, a family camp earlier on in the year. And that was kind of where I proverbially dipped my toes in the water just to see the temperature and be like, you know, can I, can I still do this? Am I still kind of capable? And it meant a lot to me because the, the pivotal moment was when we were going to get ready for, to do a campfire for the family weekend. And I just was like, okay, well, I'm going to go out in the woods and I'm going to pick things up. And I just started like building a fire. And then like halfway through, I realized it's just like, I wasn't even using my brain to do this. Like I walked by like an entire like pile of cut wood and I was just like, nope. <laughs> but it was wow. a moment like that. And, you know, getting to, to come back to be staff and be ready to do another campfire and participate in more camp activities is something I'm, I'm very excited for. It's, it's, it's already filling my bucket and I haven't even gotten there yet. That's so great. I'm so excited and I can't wait to hear all about it. Well, where can people find you if they want to contact you or follow you? I still have Facebook because I'm, I'm part of that generation. I post a lot of pictures on Instagram. But other than that, I'm pretty much digitally, digitally uh, unfindable. I just, I'm living in the moment and living life and trying to only pass on a little bit through social media. So you can find me through Instagram. It's uh, camp underscore layout underscore life, I think at the moment, if I don't change my name, depending on life circumstances, it would be the best place to find and reach out to me. Awesome. I will attach that in the show notes. So if anybody wants to follow you, they can. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean, it's been absolutely incredible having you on the Camp Kids podcast. Were there any final comments or thoughts that you wanted to leave with us? Well, it has been a blast, too, I want to say. Thank you so much. This is a, a wonderful step in keeping keeping my own dream alive. Um, and I'm excited to hear that this is helping you keep, keep that spirit of camp within you as well. If I had any final closing thoughts, I've shared already about how your dreams will never you know, let go of you or never give up on you. But don't don't be afraid to take that one step. 
because you never know where it might lead you. Wonderful words to end on. Thank you so much, Sean, for being here with us. All right, Camp Kids, that was Sean. Make sure to contact them if you have any questions and to check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave us a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can help find our podcast. Next week, I'll have another show for you, but that's all that I have for you for now. But remember that this is good night and not goodbye.